You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jim DeSico, and he's the oldest brother and CEO of Key2 Life Inc., which is the maker of Super Coffee and Super Creamer. Jim served as the captain of his football team at Colgate University, and upon graduating in 2015, he joined his two younger brothers to create the world's first super coffee. Since then, Jim and his brothers have raised over $18 million in venture capital, pitched on ABC's Shark Tank, and were featured in the 2019 class of Forbes 30 Under 30. So that's an awful lot for an awfully young guy. Welcome to the show, Jim. Dennis, thanks for having me, man. It's great to be here. Yes, I heard your uh, story, and I couldn't help but want to share it with my my audience. I think I heard it on Pat Flynn's Smart Fit Passive uh, Income podcast, and also through my friend Alan Gannon on LinkedIn. So I'm excited to dig in, and there's a lot to cover in a short period of time. So give the audience maybe a one-minute backstory of kind of how you got here, and then I've got a whole bunch of questions I want to ask you about this journey and this skyrocket that you're on, you know, the rocket ship that you're on right now as far as growth. So take it away. Give us a little backstory and we'll dive in. Cool. Let's do it. So I am the oldest of three brothers. We were all collegiate athletes, super close in age today. I'm 26, Jake's 25, and, and Jordan is 23. And growing up, we were super competitive. We drove each other on, on the field and in the, in the classroom. We weren't the best students, but we, we leveraged sports to, to get into to good schools and get our educations. Rewind back to 2015, Jordan was finishing up his freshman year. He played basketball in college and heading into his sophomore year, he was tired. You know, he was falling asleep in class and he didn't want to drink the, the sugary bottled coffees and energy drinks that his school store offered. So he started brewing his own coffee for himself, organic coffee. Instead of milk and cream, he added a little bit of protein and MCT oil, which is just a healthy fat for fuel. No sugar. It was lightly sweetened with monk fruit. So ketogenic and, and the energy worked for him. It tasted good started selling it to his teammates, his classmates, and his coaches. And I mean, he was a full scholarship basketball player. And he called me up heading into his sophomore year and said, hey, man, I'm dropping out of school to start a coffee company. And I was shocked. Obviously, this is a surprise to all of us. Nobody in our family was ever an entrepreneur or comes from the startup space. So all the language and, and the mechanics were, were, were new to us. And I said to my little brother, well, you, you can't do this alone. And, and all three of us went in on this thing together. And uh, three years later, we have 25 employees. We've we've raised nearly 19 million dollars in venture capital, and uh, we're we're going strong heading into 2019. Wow! So you just touched on that 19 million in venture capital was you just recently tell us a little bit about that. How did you know? How did that all come to play? I mean, as an early 20, as three guys, 26, 25, 23, thinking about raising millions of dollars has got to be a little bit intimidating, right? I mean, you're sitting down with venture capital and, and these sophisticated investors. I mean, you know, tell me a little bit about the backstory on that, if you would. 
Yeah. And I, I think the, the thing that I sort of breezed over, I mean, we've been doing this for three years, you know, the, the last three years and, and we've done everything that the, in 2016, which was our first year in business. I mean, we made the product, we made the deliveries, we poured the samples. There isn't one piece of this business that we didn't touch. And all of those late nights and early mornings and, and sleepless weekends have really prepared us to have a well-rounded knowledge of, of what we do. And we've sort of learned the hard way and grown the hard way. And by the time it was, we were ready to raise money or needed to raise money, we had the sales, we had the selling story, we were the, the, the world's foremost experts on our products. So we saw how we fit into the market, we saw the opportunity ahead of us and, and sort of leveraged that. But I mean, if, if we had these VC meetings even a year ago, we would have been eaten alive. So I think a lot of your, your guests and a lot of your fellow entrepreneurs will, will attest that a year in the startup world seems like 10 years in, in reality. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's a very interesting point to distinguish. And that is, you know, you actually worked in the business. And then you, after kind of learning the ropes and building some sales and getting your story down, then you went out only when you needed to, to approach investors. And by then you had sales and you had proof of concept and you had a lot of great feedback. And so at that point, they could really judge you on the merits of the business, not just the merits of a good, of what you thought was a good idea. Exactly. And that's, that's really been our focus since day one is, I mean, our packaging has been iterative. Our, our recipe has always improved at pretty much every production run. We're, we're making slight tweaks to get better. So I guess the two questions we needed to answer are, why are we going to succeed at first? And why are we going to succeed when others copy us or when others sort of see, see success in, in a space? And for us, the consistency all along has really been this myopic focus on sales. You know, the, the first day we ever sold a bottle, we, uh, we got into a local Whole Foods market down in Georgetown, and it was a local program. This was before Amazon acquired Whole Foods, so we were able to pitch a, just a single-store buyer, and he, he gave us a shot. My brothers and I, we went in, and we poured samples for the first four hours, and I mean, we, broke, we didn't leave the store until we broke that store's weekly sales record, and that was sort of the mentality or the approach that we've scaled to two stores, and then 20 stores, and 200 stores, and today we're in just over 2,500 stores. And it's still that aggressive focus on velocity and selling. And, and that's sort of what separates us now that there's a lot of saturation in this space. Yeah, perfect. Well, this is a great segue because could you share with the audience maybe some sort of a sense of scale as far as revenue or size or employees or growth, something to try to give the audience a picture of how much you've been able to grow in the last few years, starting out from zero with no experience as entrepreneurs to today, I think you mentioned before we hit play that, you know, you'd had some enormous recent revenue growth. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So rewinding to 2016, my brothers and I, this just the three of us sort of made deliveries all year long. And that was, that was our revenue. We had 20 stores from Washington, DC, where Jake played football, the middle brother played football at Georgetown. So we launched in DC. We did 200,000 in revenue in 2016, making deliveries. And with that proof of concept, we were able to raise money some, from friends and family and a couple of local like high, high net worth individuals within the DC community. So 2017, we were able to scale that 200K to 700,000 in revenue. And then with that, I mean, it was a 700,000 and a very focused footprint. So sales were great. Repeat customers were strong. And we were able to raise a little bit more money this year and got to 5 million in revenue for the year. So jumped from 2017 was 700k to 5 million in 2018 and just last week we're in we're in December now but just the first week of December of 2018 we closed a pretty significant financing round of uh 13 million dollars of venture capital and and that's to to really continue to build out the team and keep this sales growth focused on 
I mean, five or six X, right? We're not at a point where we can sacrifice profitability. Sorry, we can't sacrifice growth for profitability, right? We could, we could run a profitable operation and grow 50% each year or two, two X each year, but we're, we're really focused on growing quickly and, and with discipline. Perfect. So you mentioned that sales and your philosophy and strategy are a huge part of your growth and, you know, and a huge part of your success because had you not been able to get out there that first year and just hustle down a couple hundred thousand dollars with the product, you may not have ever gotten to that, those seed rounds, you may never gotten to year two. And then since then, it sounds like you've taken that philosophy on. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I know that you have, you know, an interesting thought process behind why you guys have been successful at selling this product through when so many others have failed. Because it, let's face it, it's a very competitive space. You're selling to a really tough audience, right? Which is retailers. And so could you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know you had a really interesting perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for most brands, consumer packaged goods in the food and beverage space, they'll get an authorization or they'll, they'll launch in a new retailer like a Wegmans or a Stop and Shop or uh, just any major win across the country. And they'll be like, wow, that's amazing. That's 300 new stores. On to the next one, right? Where, where can I go next? Can I go to Harris Teeter? Can I go to Acme? Can I go to Kroger? And whereas for us, our philosophy is, okay, we just got into 95 Wegmans. That's when our work begins. You know, now our, we, that's when we hit the stores. We, we meet with the buyers on an individual store level. We build displays. We offer promos. And our focus is really driving awareness at the account level and uh, educating customers, telling the story, showing why our products are, are different. I mean, the, the, the product itself is organic coffee with 80 calories and zero sugar. And that, that speaks to a lot of people, you know, especially people who are used to buying the best selling bottle of coffees that have 300 calories or, or 40 grams of sugar. And today's world, there's so many products on the shelf that you're not going to stand out. You know, that it's, it's very difficult. Why is somebody going to pick up or break their habit of uh, their, their favorite bottled coffee that they've been buying for 10 years to try something new if you're not giving them a reason to? So we've really embraced, and I think our background as athletes has really prepared us for that, that work and effort it takes to, to drive velocity and, and repeat purchases at the store level. So you mentioned, you know, you, you and your brothers were all athletes, right? You played football and basketball. And so I totally agree. I wrestled all the way through high school. I wrestled all the way through college. I'm still competitive in judo and other areas. And I think that when I look to hire somebody into my business, and I've done this for the last 20 years, I always look for an athlete, right? I always look for that guy or gal that was that excelled in athletics. You know, not the person who necessarily sat the bench and just did it because they wanted the, the letter on their jacket, but the, the guy or gal that really was out there leading the team. And so I totally agree. I think a lot of the things that helps people excel in athletics and the grind and the practice and the and the sacrifice is the same thing that it takes to to succeed in sales or as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And in our space, it's not we're not a Silicon Valley startup. We're not a Wall Street bank with with complicated financials and models and all of this stuff. I mean, we sell coffee. You know, it's simple. You can taste it, you can feel it, you can you can see it and hold it. And that what separates us is the effort that we put in. And of our team, we have 25 full-time people right now and 20 of us are we're former college athletes. And that's not to uh, intimidate those who are not college athletes, but we attract like-minded individuals. And, and those are the people who have really been the most successful here are those that, that come in and approach the coffee industry or the food and beverage world with that same mentality and that same competitive spirit that they brought to the, the college playing field or court. Yeah, perfect. No, I, I totally agree. So let me ask you this. You know, you've, it's been three years now. So you've, you've 
you've had some wins, you've had some losses, you've made some mistakes. You know, I'm sure there's things along the way that you've learned. Obviously, you've been on a very steep learning curve. What's the biggest challenge that you think that you've faced so far in growing your business? If you had to pick one, what's the one biggest challenge you face to date? Yeah, you mentioned it earlier about how we started working in the business. And recently, really within the last six months, I've sort of transitioned to working on the business, which has been a difficult transition for me. You know, I've always been a sort of a leader by example, whether it was a player on the field or in the weight room or early on in our, our career here with Super Coffee we were doing the deliveries, we were stocking the shelves, you know, I could be out there and do that. So I think that the difficult thing for me was transitioning to sort of this leadership role and removing myself from the day to day operation. And in that same breath or that same area is recognizing the right talent, recruiting the right talent and, and sort of keeping the right talent motivated and inspired. And, and that's a very difficult thing to do. And, and I haven't been perfect at it by no means. And in 2017, I, I think I made some key lessons and mistakes in, in uh, people who we thought were good or who had great resumes. And now with over the last year, despite great revenue growth, great fundraising success and, and all of these things, I think the biggest improvement or the biggest growth I've made as an individual is the ability to, to recognize a good fit for our team and, and bring, really bring on the right talent. And by no means am I perfect, but it's definitely a, a work in progress. Yeah. Talent is that variable that literally can make or break your company, right? Because if you hire the wrong guy or gal at a stage that you're at, even now today with all your venture capital money behind you, you know, it can still cost you an enormous amount of time. I mean, it could take you six months and literally the, the opportunity cost could be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for hiring the wrong person. So that's a lot of stress. I remember going through that during, you know, one of my last startups where we grow, where we went from zero to about 80 million in sales. That was the biggest variable that was the hardest to get my arm around was really putting together that team and finding the right talent, putting people in the right seats. You know, um, you've heard that before, obviously. So, so I can feel for you. And I know that um, it sounds like you're getting your arms around that, but transitioning into working on the business versus within the business is something that every entrepreneur is going to struggle with. Trust me when I tell you. So, all right, great. Well, knowing what you know now, right? Looking back three years. What's one, if you could do it all over, if you could start the whole machine over and you go back in a time machine and you could start over, what's one thing that you would do different? If there was one thing you could do different to get further faster, what's that one thing? It's tough because hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have believed in myself a lot more from the beginning. You know, I think all of the uncertainties, which one as a 22 year old human being, like coupled with jumping into a venture I had knew nothing about, an industry I knew nothing about with two younger brothers who who never had an internship or a job before. I doubted myself so much. And I, I was like, this is never going to work. This is ridiculous. This is so frustrating. This is so hard. But we kept at it and we accumulate these very small wins along the way and, and wins, uh, momentum creates momentum. And And for me, I think the one thing I would change or the one thing I would do differently is just say, hey, man, you got this. You know, it, this is a uh, Believe in yourself. If there's one person who can do this, it's you. It's, it's going to be really difficult, but you were made for this and, and, and go get them. And I think the first year and a half or really the first two years were very personally stressful and, and intimidating and overwhelming. And I mean, I thought about quitting a lot. I thought about joining the military. You know, I just wanted an out because it didn't make sense. And uh, now looking back in, in hindsight, it's like, okay, I overcame all of those hard times and, and now I'm ready for the next challenge. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, you hear it all the time that, you know, the biggest challenge 
to excelling in athletics or as an entrepreneur or excelling in anything is is that six inches between our ears, right? It's that mindset. It's that self-talk. It's that doubt. And it's controlling and harnessing that, leveraging it, learning from it. And so I, I think that's really interesting that, you know, it's, I mean, you guys have had some enormous success, so I can't imagine where you'd be now. I mean, you did a million a month last month or, you know, or in recent, one of your recent months. Can you imagine if you could do that all over? So I think one of the lessons that I take from that, and one of the things that I would share with you is, you know, as you assemble this team, make sure you share that lesson, right? Because they're going to have the same issues. They're going to have the same concerns. They're going to have the same self-talk, right? As you did, because they're coming in and they're saying, who am I? I've never been a sales guy. I've never sold into retail. I don't know anything about packaging or beverages. So share that with your team. And I think that'll obviously help, you know, cut the learning curve and, and help expedite your growth even further. So perfect. All right. So what's one prediction that you have for the future when it comes to your business? When it comes yeah, to I just want to say what you just said that I mean, that's that's great advice. You know, that is that's a great advice, not only for me and my team, but for all of your listeners. The one thing I did learn over the last three years is human beings are capable of so much more than we think. You know, our, our minds always want the easy way out. We always want the rest. We always want whatever is uh, the path of least resistance. But challenge yourselves, guys, because you are capable of so much more than than you think. And if you really set your mind on a challenge, you, you're, you're going to be successful. So great advice. Believe in yourself. Now, getting back, you said, what is one prediction for the future? Yeah. What's one prediction or what's one thing that you, you see, you know, in the future for, for super coffee, for your, for your brand, for your business. I mean, you know, when you started out three years ago, you, I don't think you ever saw yourself sitting here today, three years later with a million a month in revenue and it raising $19 million, right? What do you see in the next three years? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great question. And I, I think it's much bigger than just our brand. I, I, I see America's food paradigm shifting from this this tolerance for carbohydrates and sugar to a, a, an acceptance of healthy fats and proteins and more whole foods and fruits and vegetables, people moving away from processed foods. Our brand has really been built on this platform of positive energy, positive energy for positive change. And, and we believe that if you change your energy, you can change your world. So for us, we want to be the leaders in that movement, you know, and not just what we put in the bottle or what you guys put in your bodies, but what we put out into the world and into the community. And I, I think right now, this, besides our, our food system or the, the, the standard American diet, like our society needs positivity. You know, there's so much happening in the world with politics or Me Too and equality and all of these things. It's so simple to sort of just work hard and be nice to people, right? And that is, that is contagious. So what we're preaching here and what we're hoping to, to sort of project out into the world and to our customers and, and to anybody we meet is, by working hard and being nice to people, we can really affect a positive change so much beyond what's inside a bottle of coffee. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because the first thing that came to mind when you started saying that was, you know, it's almost like, you know, there's there's a difference between just going out and selling coffee, right? And I think what you're moving towards is obviously in conjunction with building this brand is almost like a movement or a community in and around those values that your company, that you just shared, right? I mean, I think that's a really powerful component when you're talking about trying to win the hearts and minds of consumers that have a million and one choices, right? Absolutely, man. And and you nailed it with the word community. And I mean, this podcast is a perfect example, right? You reached out to me, you you saw me through one of our mutual friends, and now we get to share great messages, great lessons with with the world. And that's the type of sort of human connection that is going to make a difference, right? I think we're everybody's we're coming, I guess, with all of this new technology and 
where this millennial generation is coming from. Now more than ever, we sort of need each other to to join together in a, in a way that's going to make a bigger impact than just us as individuals. And for us, if that can be positive energy for positive change from inside a bottle of coffee to a handshake in a grocery store to a podcast on LinkedIn, like that's that's really how we're going to do it. And uh, it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of work, and a lot of people are going to need to be involved. But that's what we signed up for. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you, Jim. It sounds like you and your brothers have some amazing things going on over at Super Coffee. So last couple questions are going to be rapid fire, and then we'll wrap it up for today. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using at Super Coffee to help you grow your business? Now, that could be almost anything, any tool or online software. You know, there's a million of them out there. What's your favorite? Yeah. And I almost wanted to say HubSpot, which we use as a CRM and an email marketing tool. But then I, I quickly backtracked Slack. Our intercompany communication tool is Slack. And that is by far our biggest growth tool because that human connection and, and that how important it is to communicate as a team. Slack is a channel where we all hype each other up. You know, if our, if our rep out in Rochester, New York builds a big display in a Wegmans, he'll post a picture. And then our rep down in Houston, Texas will post a picture of her display that she just built in HEB, which is a grocery chain down there. It's just really this contagious, positive energy thread. And, and I mean, we couldn't get that in iMessage. We couldn't get that in, in Gmail. So Slack has really enabled us to be connected on a national level with a remote team. And you're going to need it based upon the size of your team today and where it's going to be three years from now. Obviously, that communication is going to be key. So I agree. Slack is huge. So what would be one book that you've read that you would recommend to my audience? Yeah. And if you guys haven't read it yet, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, a modern take on, on stoicism. One of the key takeaways from that book is a, a Latin phrase called amor fati. And it's love your fate is what it translates to roughly. And it just means love all things that happen to you, right? You don't need to believe in everything happens for a reason, but a lot of the things that, that happen in our lives are out of our control. So let's make the most of them no matter what, right? Don't be upset that you're sitting in traffic. Don't be upset that you didn't get the job or didn't get the bonus that you were hoping for because a lot of that stuff's out of your control. So love of all things that happen to you and, and make the most out of it. You always control your attitude. So The Obstacle is the Way by uh, Mr. Ryan Holiday. Love it. Well, listen, Jim, let everybody know how they can connect with you, but most importantly, how they could try out this super coffee. I know I'm interested. I'll be honest with you. I don't even like coffee and I want to try it. <laughs> I love it, man. I should have <laughs> sent you some before the show. So we are going to do a little discount for your listeners if you're cool with that. Yeah, uh, yeah sounds code good. Ask Dennis Brown, all one word, ask Dennis Brown at key2life.com. Just type in super coffee online. You'll go to key2life.com. Type in that code at checkout for 25% off your order. So key2life.com is our website. On Instagram, we are at Drink Super Coffee. My handles on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram are just Jimmy DeSico5. But if you follow Drink Super Coffee, you'll be able to find me and the brothers. And please reach out, connect with us. We've learned a lot of mistakes and, and hopefully uh, some of our experiences can spare you guys the same pain that we've been through. So I uh, look forward to connecting with everybody. Perfect. Listen, I'm excited for you. I hope we can stay in touch and you can keep me updated on the journey. I appreciate you being here. Have an awesome holiday and we'll talk soon. Rock on, Dennis. Thank you, man. Happy holidays. Thanks, Jim. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.